You're listening to The Caffeine Chronicles with your host, author, and storyteller, Lucy LeMay Chalucci. Tune in for coffee chats and interesting guest interviews as we explore the moving parts of mental health, marriage, parenting, self-love, pursuing our passions, and everything else that goes into creating a joyful life of intention. So go pour yourself a fresh cup and grab those cozy socks. Get ready to dive into all things related to lattes, longings, and leaning into life's challenges. Okay, good morning, Kmart shoppers. Welcome to the next chapter in your lives. So, this may seem like somewhat of a strange intro to you because depending on where you live, Kmart shopping could very well be a thing of the past. Here in Canada, we no longer have any Kmart department stores open for business, but I can remember going with my mom every weekend when I was a kid. Man, I loved me my Kmart outings. We'd always stop in at the lunch counter for a plate of fries and I would sit and just spin and spin around on the counter stool eat my fries, and play with the little trinket I'd been allowed to get. All was right with six-year-old Lucy when I was allowed to go to Kmart with mom. And it makes me laugh when I think about this now because things seemed so damn simple back then. You know what I mean? I mean, we're so easily entertained. But today, for whatever reason, I'm feeling a little of that joy and optimism returning. Like I'm a kid again and mom said, hey, we're going to Kmart. And I'm all like, yeah. So I apologize if my enthusiasm is irritating, but you guys, summer is almost here. We are at the end of June. July is peeking at us from around the corner. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty damn hopeful about the weather warming up, the return of gardening season, and all of the life that is blooming around outside us. Here in Ontario, where I live, things are slowly starting to open up. There are glimmers of progression towards resuming activities we love on the horizon. And for many of us, that means looking forward to taking classes and pursuing outside interests again. And that is a beautiful gift that I, for one, am really looking forward to. We've all had to part with doing the things we love under the current quarantine restrictions. But thanks to human resourcefulness, Many of us have embraced the model of online classes as a way to stay connected to doing the things we love. And no, it isn't the same as physically being in the class, but it's something. And that's definitely better than nothing. In many ways, this pandemic has been an opportunity for us to look inside, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, and grow through our struggles. These situations aren't always fun but they do make a difference in our lives and shape the people we become. Today's guest is someone who has taken this difficult time and combined it with her passions as an opportunity to lead with love and make a difference through art. Mary Catherine, or MCAT Jack, as she is affectionately known in her social circles, is an Ottawa-based independent dance artist. She divides her career between teaching, performing, and creating. Her teaching work consists of school residencies, coaching professional and pre-professional dancers, and leading various forms of movement classes for adults. Mary Catherine has had the pleasure of working with various Ottawa-based artists, 
and has performed as part of the Guelph Dance Contemporary Dance Festival, the Canada Dance Festival, Dark Horse Dance Projects, and the Ottawa Dance Directive. Mary Catherine is constantly exploring the corners of her imagination and finds inspiration readily and often in nature, art, music, and her community. She continues to train, explore, and learn so that she may motivate and engage others. Things that are important to Mary Catherine? Strength, connection, and curiosity. And these are things that I've experienced firsthand as a student in Mary Catherine's contemporary dance class, an experience which I am eager to repeat. So grab a coffee and come and listen to this artist's take on how the global pandemic has affected her life and what she has done to help herself and her beloved community move forward during this tumultuous time. Get ready for episode five, Making a Difference Through Art with Mary Catherine Jack. MCAT, welcome to the Caffeine Chronicles. Thanks, Lucy. Yes, you're welcome. I'm thrilled to have you here today. You are the um, the first, uh, the, the another dancer that I've, um, I've been able to interview and uh, chat with about this. So I'm interested to hear how uh, things have been affecting you in your corner and see what similarities we're going through. It's a different experience, I think, for everybody, but with a lot of with a lot of similarities, with a lot of parallels, and that we're all sort of in it together. Yes, absolutely. There's uh, there's a lot of truth to that tagline, isn't there? So um, before we get going in on the, the nitty gritty of our chat together, um, I just want to go over. Uh, I just talked about you know who you are and what you do. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got your start? Um, well, I would say that. It was, it was an evolving process and it continues to be, um, my sort of professional training. I was always curious and creative and that was very much nurtured in my experience growing up. I grew up on a farm. I had parents who were really supportive and there was lots of opportunities to play and dance and lots of music and um just that creation was really nurtured and fostered in my own experience um and fast forward to sort of more professional training and development i attended the university of waterloo in the visual arts program um and it was there that i discovered contemporary dance the dance studio at that time was next door to the, the fine arts studio. Mm-hmm. And I sort of made my way over there and started taking classes and basically I just got hooked. So I, I finished that, I finished my visual arts degree. And then after that went on to pursue, I became involved in the dance community in Waterloo and in Guelph actually. And then just there were, there, it became a point where I realized I needed to get some professional training under my belt if I wanted to continue in that on that pathway. So I did. I went to Concordia for a semester and then made my way to the School of Dance here in Ottawa. And I did I completed a professional training program there. And it's and that's the rest is history. <laughs> sort of evolved from there. Okay. So you got your start in in southern Ontario, and you actually uh, 
you went to school for visual art and then you discovered dance during your your university years that's correct yeah wow and later I would say I mean I was always I always loved dancing and physicality was just part of my sort of everyday experience growing up but my my first sort of real sort of technical training came later in life, you know, in my twenties. Well, I I have to tell you, you know, you and I are a bit on a a parallel track that way because I was uh, just a few months shy of my 18th birthday. The very first time I stepped into a dance studio. And you just got hooked. I I did. It's just like, it was like that lightning bolt moment. All of a sudden it was like my soul just, you know, it came alive and I knew that, uh, this wasn't going to be just a passing hobby for me. It was going to be a very uh, profound part of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, uh, I threw myself into it. I think the the next year after I started taking classes, I was dancing 15 hours a week. Yeah. Um, and then when I, uh, when I graduated high school, I went and I did a dance arts uh, program to become a teacher in Sudbury, Ontario. And then when I moved to Ottawa, um, that's when I got involved uh, in the school of dance. Um, I was doing the, uh, was taking the ballet classes, and then uh, our paths ended up uh, crossing at some point as well too. And then I found my way into your contemporary dance class, and that was mm-hmm. such an enjoyable experience. I just loved every moment of it, and I can't wait to go back. <laughs> seven. Studio Seven is waiting for us. It's uh, it's such a great space, and I would uh, I would encourage anyone um, who wants to give uh, dance a try to uh, to come down to the uh, the School of Dance on Crichton Street in, in Ottawa, and uh, they have some wonderful adult programs available. And as uh, Mary Catherine and I are living proof that it is never too late to start anything. Right. Yeah, that's right. And now there, I mean, we we'll talk about this later, I'm sure. But um, while we're talking about the school of dance, they have, um, some, a great selection of online classes and I'm going to start teaching, um, on Thursday, my, I, cause I have sort of a regular Thursday night contemporary dance class that I've been teaching, um, for many years and it's go time, show time Thursday at six o'clock. So that would be something that's available to anybody. Okay, Thursday at six, be there, be square. You heard it here on the Caffeine Chronicles podcast. <laughs> uh, all right, well, so th- while we're on this, the, the vein of uh, online classes, um, let's, uh, let's get back into uh, present moment here. What do you find um, your biggest challenges have been navigating this quarantine lockdown as an independent artist? Yeah, well, I would say... Definitely. I, I spend a lot of time in the studio and I say the studio as in, you know, the studio the, I teach at a Pilates studio. I spend a lot of time there at the school of dance. Um, I spend a lot of time sort of on and off at the studios at the Ottawa dance directive. So just not having access to that space is challenging for, um, you know, training and teaching and being in the, the, in creation mode. Um, so it's just, it's become about adapting, um, adapting to, uh, you know, working in a smaller space. There's lots of resources online. So that's been great. 
Um, so that's been one challenge. Uh, consuming, and I'm a huge consumer of art. I go to a lot of shows, um, music shows, dance shows, art shows. So that not having access to th- those spaces and those things have been really hard. I mean, that's the beauty of art is to be able to go and take part in it, participate and, and, uh, see it. So I've been, um, Canada performs has been, the NAC has been showcasing artists through their, through, uh, Facebook performances, which has been great. I spend a lot of time at the Dunbar bridge, which I'm not sure if you're familiar. It's the graffiti, um, yes. Yes. Yeah. So I go down there often because it's just, I feel that that's a space that's constantly changing. There's artists working in there. I I mean, I don't know for sure weekly, maybe even daily. And that space is for me really inspiring. So that's my sort of way to get that fix. I listen to a lot of music. Um, and then the other, the other challenge is just connecting with connecting with the community. Um, and that's tricky. I mean, artists work independently, but there's a very, you know, dancers work independently, artists work independently, but that community connection is really important. So it's just about finding ways to navigate that. I'm really uh, lucky. Some of my close friends are artists, so I can, you know, connect with them. And I find that's a, a good way to, um, keep and establish and to sort of that, keep that evolving connection. Uh, But I think the hardest part for myself, and I feel like I can speak for many people is just the not knowing, not knowing how long this current situation is going to last. When we get back in the studio, when can we get back into the theaters? When can we get back into the art galleries? So that's just, that's tricky. You know, dance especially is about proximity and contact, like actual physical contact in terms of the teaching, in terms of the training, in terms of going and seeing shows, you're close to people. So it's that, that part is, um, hard. (laughs) I am missing that part as well. I I feel you big time there. I mean, in all of the other things that I talked about, you know, it's just a matter of artists are creative and you are used to adapting. So the other challenges are just about that. But the, the unknown factor is there's, a, you, you just, there's nothing you can do about that except for sort of be patient. Yes, I, that's what I've learned. Be patient and stay present and, uh, you know, try not to fight anything. Go, go with the flow and just release expectation. And it's, yeah. So much easier said than done, but uh, that's just been the way through this for me anyway. And I think it's the, I mean, artists, but everybody is just this sort of experience or mindset of taking one day at a time. Um, what I'm most excited to speak uh, with you about here is the um, the creation of your um, homeschool and night school projects with MCAT Jack. So these programs are very interesting and exciting, and I got to uh, partake in one of them. Your the uh, the night school, the little coffee house recitals, where I got to go and 
read a chapter of my book to your mm-hmm. audience. So that was a lot of fun. And um, like you say, just kind of have some time to be immersed in, in art and just listen to the experiences of others. And there was a poetry reading and we talked about music and a prominent um, jazz recording artist. And that was a lovely uh, break from the current situation for me that evening. I just sat there with a glass of wine and felt like I was part of something and it was fantastic. And uh, uh, to boot, the best part about this is there are um, the proceeds, 50% of the proceeds of your uh, homeschool program are being donated to the Ottawa Food Bank. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So this is such a a great little gift right now for everyone uh, involved and um, this, this donation that you've set up. So I wanted to know a little bit about where exactly the inspiration came from and and how this all came about for you? Yeah, well, I would say that, um, so for me personally, it was the Friday night, which was, I think, March the 12th or the 13th. Um, I I got a, a whole slew of emails that said this is, you know, it was basically when the shutdown sort of first officially started for me um contracts were canceled or delayed or you know things everything just got put on hold which is which was everyone's experience and so i ended up having this huge sort of space of time with nothing in it and i recognized that many many people were experiencing the opposite so you know things in for me were being shut down but many people were having to kick it up into high gear in terms of workload and work volume and i found that really um hard to negotiate that a lot of people were working really hard and i was sort of paralyzed so i needed to turn that in i I just felt motivated to turn that into something so i would say i was really inspired by other friends of mine that i saw uh, just working really hard, you know, whether it's, yeah, just working really hard. And so I decided, and the other thing sort of parallel to that is in a time of crisis, which was, we were in and sort of continue to be in different version of it. It's always evolving. Um, what people need is to connect and move. And those those opportunities were, I, I guess it seemed like not, you know, taken away or not as accessible as they had been really like days before. Uh, so what could I do to keep people connected, to keep people moving? I mean, and for my own selfish reasons, just to keep myself occupied. And so it was really about that. It was really about that for me. Um, and so I did a week of sort of, I'd never taught virtually before. I'm well, I can honestly say I'm not a technical savvy person. Um, it's not my being able to say that when this is done, MCAT, (laughs) you you will be tech support when this is over. I promise you. Oh my gosh. I don't know about that. Um, and so I did, and I'd never taught virtually. So I did a, reached out to some people 
some friends and family and people in my movement community, in the dance community. And I said, I'm going to do a little test run of teaching some classes. They were totally on board. Um, and it was after that sort of, so, so I did a week of that. And then after that decided to sort of launch it into a campaign, I, I felt personally, like I was equipped. I had time I had energy, I had ideas, and then, you know, that's all you need to create something. Mm -hmm. But I realized after that week that what I had was support. People were like, there was absolutely no hesitation. People, it was, the support was immediate. People were positive. They showed up, they, they had the energy and that really sort of fed me and motivated me. Um, so that's how it started at the end at the end of our first week of classes, we decided, okay, well, we need to have, you know, it's great. We're connecting and we're moving together, but we need to, the social connection is really important. So I sort of tossed it out there and it was a little bit random. I said, why don't we meet at six o'clock and we can have the night school edition. People can show up, pour themselves a glass of wine or not, pour yourself a tea and if someone wants to read a poem or sing a song, we can do that. And I really just kind of tossed it out there. And one of my friends, Yasmin, responded and said, I would like to read a poem. And so I thought, okay, we're going to do it. I invited a number of other people. And I think you were, the, you were, was, I think you were there for the first edition, actually. That was uh, the first week in April or the second. It was yeah. in April. Yes. It was. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You were there for the, the first or the second edition of the. I think that's the one where uh, I believe the, uh, the, the lovely guitarist was her name, Teresa. She did that John Legend song. Oh, Amanda. 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 Oh, I was close. That's right. Yeah. Um, right. And. Yeah. So that would have been the, the first week. And it, and then it just, it was just so magical that it it's, I really, I don't know. I really can't explain it. Just it snowballed. Everything's continuing mm -hmm. and it will continue as, as long as, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It just took a life of its own. It took a life of its own. Yeah. And that's what all uh, great initiatives do eventually. And especially ones, uh, I mean, it's such a wonderful way you're bringing people together with art and uh, particularly people who are um, in a situation where they're living alone. Like the running joke is everyone who's, you know, having to quarantine with their family, everyone's ready to murder each other. But I tell you, I am so thankful for those three people that I live with. And I could not imagine having to go through this without a soul to talk to. So uh, what the programs that you're running are allowing people who are experiencing that level of isolation to come together in a social setting and still feel that human connection that we all need. So what, uh, was there a specific reason now that you chose the Ottawa food bank to be the recipient of your charitable donation? How did that piece of the puzzle come into, uh, to creation? Um, yeah, it, it really sort of immediately, jumped out at me because I did see that, you know, they, I knew that they needed support. Um, the other thing is I come from, I grew up on a farm and come from a long lineage of farmers. And 
So providing food for people is really um, something that is just in my DNA, I guess. Um, I looked at other, I sort of investigated or I did a little bit of, you know, research what, you know, where, who else needs or what other organizations are need. I mean, there's so many, so many organizations that are amazing and wonderful and do good things, but I just came back. I just came back to the food bank. <clears throat> I think, um, I love the idea of supporting a local organization and, um, something that everyone was familiar with. I feel like it's very immediate too. you know, it's in our community. Food is essential. Mm -hmm. One of, I mean, I feel very fortunate in this situation that I have a home. I live in a, in a spot that I can get outside and, you know, engage in experience nature. I have a lot of freedom and I'm have food, I have my health. So I I just felt like it just made sense. Mm -hmm. It was the, the, the logical way to give back. Yeah. Um, and actually this week I'm going to, so we've made, I've made a a contribution or say we've made a contribution to the food bank. We, the homeschool team, homeschool homies. Um, and I'm hoping to make another contribution by the end of June for the same amount, uh, $2,500. And the other organization that I'm, I've recently become familiar with is they're called the Assembly of Seven Generations. Um, and it's an Indigenous-owned, youth-led nonprofit organization. And they've been, in the last month, and are continuing to put together care packages. Um, and so I've been in touch with them. And so I'm going to also give them a donation towards that. And their care packages are, you know, very simple, but essential things like, uh, groceries, um, hygiene products, uh, Netflix gift cards. Um, so that's another organization that I'm looking forward to connecting with and, um, giving a, a donation to. Oh, excellent. So the, the outreach is growing from the homeschool proceeds. Yeah. And it's important. I mean, I work a lot with youth. So this is it's something that is important to me. So yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And these um the the homeschool classes uh that uh that you've created this program these are uh are they dance or um it's a combination of dance and like physical movement programs what exactly are they yeah i would say i would call it more movement so we do a lot of um strength work mobility work some coordination stuff so i won't be for example teaching a dance combination but there will be elements um there will be you know dance elements in there um but i would say that mostly it's to feel like you're getting a really satisfying movement experience so it's really open to anybody you don't have to have any um dance background you can have a dance background you could it's like all different sort of levels of fitness levels or fitness 
um, ex, you know, experience. Um, I try to really make it challenging, but accessible. Okay. So no one, if someone's coming to your uh, homeschool program with, with, uh, as a non-dancer, they don't have to feel intimidated that these are going to be um, things that they're going to be unable to, to do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It is gentle movement. <laughs> yes. So uh, I personally think that uh, any, any kind of movement program is very welcome um, in light of the sedentary lifestyle that uh, a lot of us have been, um, have been restricted to because, uh, you know, we, we were a society that ran at about a million miles an hour and then that mm -hmm. just came to a grinding halt all at once. So this is a really good way to start putting one foot in front of the other, engage in a little art, um, get to meet MCAT, who's got some great energy and there's no way you can come out of one of her sessions and not feel good about yourself, let me tell you. And the, the proceeds are going towards a worthwhile cause. So this is win-win-win as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's been lots of fun. Yes. For sure it has. And uh, the night school cap off is, is just great. And that experience, like I said earlier, I felt like I was, I was in a coffee house with, uh, with other artists and everyone was just sharing stuff that was near and dear to them. And it was a very open and receptive environment. And uh, I, I just loved that. I can't wait to go back and do one of those again with you. Well, it's funny. I said, I think on the, at the first, um, I've been calling them a mini virtual house concerts. I said at the first one that it's always been my dream to have a house concert, but that my house is too small to facilitate that. And so this has been a way for me to, you know, my, my dream of having a house concert has come true. And now it's, we're this Friday, we be, will be our 10th edition. And I wrote down a list of all of the artists, the performers, and it's just amazing. Um, the, the people that I've featured in this house concert, and then we've had the opportunity and the, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's something we're celebrating for sure. I mean, when you talk about uh, everyone that I've spoken to who I've interviewed for the podcast uh, to this point, as we've talked about, you know, what are the silver linings with the situation that, that we're in? Because there, there is a silver lining. There is a gift in every painful situation if we're able to, to look at it. And uh, I can certainly see what yours is throughout all of this. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, that's wonderful. It really is. I'm, I'm so happy for you. And that, uh, that kind of brings me to another point I wanted to, to discuss here. And this is kind of a, an artist to artist thing, because mm -hmm. as artists, I feel that we're, we're notorious for being acutely sensitive to the energies of those around us. And um, sometimes that can be a very overwhelming experience. And I just, I wanted to know what your experience was with this, with, you know, feeling the collective emotional pulse from, from everyone around you during this time. How has this affected you? Um, yeah, well, I would say that if I, it sort of goes in phases, I guess. Um, you know, initially, I mean, for myself, and then I kind of observe it with other people too. There's the initial sort of feeling like the rug's been pulled up from under you mm -hmm. with, you know, just not being like your, you know, contracts are canceled and programs are shut down and studio spaces are closed. So there's that sort of initial feeling of 
I guess, loss, really. Um, and then I think there's knowing that other people are really working hard and, you know, you think of frontline workers, there's a little bit, and then this feeling of paralysis, it becomes like a, a bit of kind of an existential question, really, you know? Um, and then just sort of as artists, like, like I mentioned before, we do adapt. That's, we are creative. We do adapt. So then just sort of positioning yourself in this new current situation to do something. Um, and I feel like that's sort of been my experience and then acting, you know, that's been my experience. And I observe other, I observe and speak with other artists and I feel like it's similar and it doesn't necessarily the sort of timeline or the, you know, the timeline is different for everybody because we're humans. We just do respond and react, um, you know, at a different time, but the trajectory seems to be the same. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess for me personally, uh, the way that I manage is to continue, you know, I mentioned in my bio that I love exploring the corners of my imagination. So social, uh, social distancing and self-isolation is I'm, I'm kind of, uh, people have challenges with that, but on a regular day, that's something I'm almost the opposite. I, I like that. Um, you were built for social distancing. <laughs> um, so the, and, and the other thing is I, I really, I, I, I'm very satisfied and, and can find a lot of, um, peace or, uh, cal- calmness or solitude um in nature so i'm really i'm really lucky that i live in uh, an area of the city that i can you know get into version of nature and then i spend a lot of time in the gatineau park so that little chunk of time where we couldn't get over to quebec from ontario was that was tough that was tough um but yeah that's that's uh that's great the one thing maybe less artist related and just more personal is that the part that i find the most challenging is not being able to see my family Um, my brother lives in the u.s and my parents live in uh, southwestern ontario so and my sister my niece and nephew so that part is you know that's tricky yeah, I f- I'm finding that tough too. I am I am yeah. missing family. I haven't seen my uh, my mother or my siblings um, from Northern Ontario, where which is where yeah. I grew up. Uh, I haven't seen them since December, and since I moved away from home in my twenties, I this is the longest I've ever gone without going back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I I'm understanding that that pain as well that one that one's a tough one but the I can't believe I'm going to say this but thank god for zoom (laughs) because it's allowed us to keep in touch and have facetime this yep just zooming away that's right that's right we're all zooming away (laughs) I like that one I think I might say that all week I am zooming away 
Okay, so uh, where can people go to uh, to find out more about you or um, uh, check out your initiatives with homeschool and night school and uh, uh, get in contact with you if they wanted? Yeah, so um, the the title of the campaign, which is through GoFundMe, um, is homeschool with MCAT Jack and friends. So you can access the, uh, the campaign that way. And in the updates section of the page is where I post all of the links to the classes and I update that weekly, including the, the link to the night school. So the little virtual house concert. And I usually post that update weekly towards the end of the week. So that is how people can access the classes. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So people could certainly, I would love it if anyone was interested, they could reach out to me that way. Okay. Um, and where, uh, where would we find you on Instagram? Um, MCATJack. Okay. At MCATJack. So uh, we will provide all of those links uh, in the show notes when this episode goes up on the Caffeine Chronicle site and uh, people will have a a tangible way to go and uh, get a hold of you and give you a shout and give homeschool a whirl and uh, attend a a night school session. So who knows, you may even see me there. Great. Well, I look forward to it. I hope so. Yeah, so like I said, I'd love to come back. I'm just getting my uh, my act together here on Friday nights. We've got uh, we've got a few more weeks of uh, I've got my own little uh, homeschool running here with my 11 and 14 year old, and uh, we're finishing up so the uh, the home learning that uh, the teachers have been uh, sending to us, and we've got uh, we're preparing for a music recital here, an online music recital because both my uh, my kids uh, study an instrument. So we've got that coming up, and then uh, then the uh, there'll be a little bit more bandwidth uh, in the evenings here in the Chalucci household, and then I will be uh, free to uh, pop in more. Great, well, look forward to it. Oh, so do I. And uh, thank you so much for making time to be with us here today, uh, MCAT, and uh, discuss all of these uh, exciting and uh, important projects you've got on the go. I wish you much success with all of this moving forward. Well, thank you. And I really, um, I, I really, all of it's really the participants of the classes that are keeping me motivated. And it's just such a joy to tune in every day and see them. And yeah, so positive. Yes. And that's, uh, that's exactly what we need right now is more positive. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, let's, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that we get to meet up in Studio 7. Real soon. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Take care, MCAT. Thanks. You too. Hey, Mom, what's for dinner? And now it's time to think about what we're going to make for dinner this evening. Am I the only one who's thinking about dinner at 8 o'clock in the morning? That's normal, right? Sure it is. Thanks. Okay. So today's dinner recipe comes from Tanya Chef, founder of the wonderful food blog, cooktoria.com. Tanya is a U.S. resident who immigrated from the Ukraine. She used her creative resourcefulness to create her blog, cooktoria.com, and is now a happy wife and mama, busy dividing her time between her family, travel, 
and pursuing her passions of cooking and wellness. She has some fantastic recipes to share on her site for folks like me who are pressed for time to get dinner on the table. There are some great one-pot options here, like the one-pot pasta with spinach, a particular favorite of mine. But today, I'm in the mood to surprise and delight the seafood lover in me. So we're going to make the easy shrimp and vegetable skillet dinner. I call this dish the magic act because as soon as I make it, it disappears. Never have any leftovers with this one. Mm -mm. And the best part, it only takes about 30 minutes to prepare. It has about 430 calories per serving and provides a quick and easy cleanup. You'll find the recipe link in the show notes. I recommend having a chunk or two of crusty bread around for serving this dish. It's the perfect companion to soak up all the wonderful Cajun seasonings that will be left behind in the bowl. Well, that's it for today. I'm off to go enjoy the sunshine. Remember to get out as much as you possibly can. We're supposed to be in for some nice weather in the next little while, so do yourself a favor and go get your vitamin D on. Be sure to check out the links to Mary Catherine's homeschool and night school programs in the episode show notes. You can donate to her GoFundMe campaign and help out the folks at the Ottawa Food Bank who haven't stopped looking after people in need throughout the COVID-19 lockdown. MCAT Jack doesn't sit still for very long, but you can follow her on Instagram at MCAT Jack and keep up with her whereabouts if you're interested in taking any of her classes. We'll see you next time for a one-on-one coffee date with yours truly as we talk about the birth of this podcast and the mission that I am specifically undertaking with all of this. So don't forget to subscribe to the Caffeine Chronicles so you don't miss an episode. Later, babes. <laughs>